Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. La 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 Inner Wealth Podcast La 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 Inner Wealth Podcast La 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 Inner Wealth Podcast You know what day it is Inner Wealth Podcast Meditate and give So manifest the greater this And things all good Cause I say it is Investing in inner wealth Real generational wealth Is mental health It's an inside game No toxicity Let's talk and more listening Ladies and gentlemen, and now introducing David McCullough, founder of Inception, the first mental health gym. La 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 la. Inner wealth podcast. La 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 la. Inner wealth podcast. La 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 la. Inner wealth podcast. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Inner Wealth Podcast. I have a special guest here with me today, Jacqueline Renee. What up, though? Hey, what's up? I'm so happy to be here. You're not from Detroit. I am from Detroit. You got to say what up, though. What up, though? No, you can't (laughs) say it like that, but okay. So where where were you born and raised? Um, Actually, on the east side. Uh, So I grew up in Warren. Oh, really? Yes. Which part? Like 11, 10, 11 in Hoover. Okay. So I grew up on 8 Mile. Okay. 8 in between Ryan and Mound. Is that Centerline? What is that? No, that's it's Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. Okay. All right. No, all that's right. eight eight Ryan and Mound. That's uh-huh. that's not too far from you. Right. You ever you ever went to Bel Air Shopping Center? Yes. Yeah. As a kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right up the street. I know, yeah. Yeah. And then we kinda like moved up to Sterling Heights and it was just like, you know, moving over and over west and west. Okay. You know, every right. year. <laughs> so, you know, a big part of my journey was in two thousand seven, it was I mean, it, it's back further than that. I start actually having um, panic attacks. Mm. I was vomiting. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what they were panic attacks. And I didn't know why I was vomiting. I just thought I had uh, ate something, you know, bad, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but going forward, I realized that not only did I have trauma, I had some major gut issues. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be your specialty. Mm-hmm. So how did you get into actually dealing with the gut. Yeah. Well, honestly, it sounds like we had the same childhood. <laughs> so I, I, too, had the same stuff going on as a kid. Um, I won't date us too much, but as children of the 80s, nobody mm. really knew what was going on when people had gut issues. It wasn't really until even, I think, like the early 2000s where people started understanding more mm. about what was going on with the gut. So I, I struggled as a child, you know. Um, what were some of those struggles? vomiting, bloating to the point where you're like confused that, you know, your stomach is like so pushed out. My Mm. parents did not know what to do with me, but 
you know, I grew up in the era of fast food, quick food. You know, both parents were working a lot and it was whatever they could put on the table. It wasn't a lot of homegrown, home cooked mm. stuff. Um, so uh, bloating and nausea and vomiting were the biggest when I was a kid. And then, you know, when I got into the teenage years, mm -hmm. you mix in hormones and puberty. Right. And I had crippling anxiety, which sounds like something that you had to uh, to the point where it really I struggled a lot in high school, like felt like I barely graduated because mm. of my concentration and anxiety, cystic acne all over my face, mm. um, really, really dark circles. You know, I just I look sick all the time. Um, wow. So this started early for you. Early. OK, like for kid. me, things came on later. And I would say growing up that my parents, we didn't eat out a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, we did, but mm -hmm. my mom would cook. You right. know, and we didn't have a lot of sugar in the home either. Mm -hmm. Like my dad, he bring a donut home, or he was the one who actually bring home the pops. You know, we from we from Midwest, we call it pop, pop. right? <laughs> yeah. So he would bring home the pop, but it wasn't it wasn't an everyday thing. There were yeah. people up the street from me though. I know that they had a garage full of just so uh, uh, pop and yeah. and sweets and everything of that nature. And I can look back and see different households because every household becomes like an epigenetic center of, you know, absolutely who you are, right? And mm -hmm. you can see, like, that person ate a lot of sugar, that person. And so I've been relatively lean my whole life. Mm -hmm. So has my mom and my dad um, eating once a day, mm -hmm. once to twice a day. We never ate a lot. Mm -hmm. It's not because we didn't have the money to do so. It just was, you know, you ate when you were hungry. Right. And we're coming to start to find out, too, in science that, Eating one meal a day actually increases longevity, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So so you were experiencing these things at a young age, though. Yeah. So it's like your system already had a lot of stress on it. Was there was there emotional stress in the home, too? Or is it just mainly you think it was just from um, from the, the, the nutrition? It was a tornado of a combination of all the things, honestly. Yeah, my... Parents got divorced when I was seven. Okay. Um, you know, we did not have a lot of money. So, you know, we, like I said, we got what we got for food. We got what we needed. Um, and of course, like, you know, family bands together and the, mm -hmm. you know, my grandma would make home cooked meals, but my family didn't cook very healthy. They didn't have an under understanding of really what healthy was. Both my parents were smokers. Okay. Um, and, you know, we're just kind of like, you're just like getting by, I feel like. I feel were they like, in a drinking too? Not really. Okay. No, there was Mainly like cigarettes? It was cigarettes and bad food and sugar, okay. like sugar cereal. Yeah. So it was like, no wonder I couldn't concentrate. And yeah. and the trauma of separation the trauma of, the, of the family. Of, yeah. The fighting and the separation and all that. And, you know, and then you go into like, you're living in a home with a single mom and she's mm. just like working a lot. And so, yeah, I learned to hold my stress in and where mm. do we hold our stress when we hold it in is our the gut. gut yeah. yeah. So, you know, the the journey continued through teenage years and then into late teens um, until I was like about 20 years old is when I was actually introduced to naturopathic medicine, okay. functional medicine. What, what year? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to answer hey, that if you don't want to. <laughs> um, 2003. Okay. Okay. So... Yeah, for those of you doing the math, all right. <laughs> well, I think women women always think that. You guys are really programmed into thinking that. Seriously. 100%. Because 
I don't think yeah. dudes are. I don't dudes think do we really no. process that. Like no. my age, like yeah. that's a construct. First of all, uh-huh. like aging. But anyway, yeah. continue. <laughs> no, I I agree. I agree. Yeah, media I think has always put pressure on women as an age. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll even just a side note, really quick. Like I'm turning 39. I don't have kids. It's like that pressure. Well, always. I'm 41 like, who and don't have kids. Exactly. But I think we're we're both. Um, I want to call it victims, but mm-hmm. mm, if you want to use that word, yeah. you're, you're, you know, of their environment, mm-hmm. the breakdown of the the family unit, American family unit. And right. from the black side, mm-hmm. it's present. And obviously from your side, yeah. Yeah. it's present, too. So it's not just uh, one of the others. It's happening to all of us where mm-hmm. we kind of we're not we're not building healthy family structures. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us don't come from healthy family structures either so yeah. when we get out here and we try to date mm-hmm. you may have someone in a healthy family structure try to date someone who doesn't have one or didn't have one mm-hmm. don't understand the benefits of it and they clash and you mm-hmm. may have it again two of them didn't grow up in good family structures right. and they clash right so it sounds like you and me we both have done a lot of reverse engineering yes um and troubleshooting of our own mental emotional physical nutritional Yes. Health issues. I mean, all of it, right? All of it. Yeah. Well, as Tony says, breaking generational curses. Mm-hmm. This is us this year. All of us in this in this generation, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you start learning about um, nutrition, was that mind blowing for you? Mind blowing, life changing, life altering. Like I. I can't even put it into words sometimes. Like I talk about this all the time. Like you hear me talk about it on my Instagram, on my podcast. I'm mm-hmm. constantly telling the story. Like the first naturopathic doctor that I saw, she did some blood work. She did some testing and mm-hmm. she's like, your sensitivity to gluten is off the charts. Mm. I didn't even understand what that meant back then, but I'm Italian. I grew up like pasta is a cheap meal to put on the table. Bread is a cheap meal to put mm. on the table. So Bread, pasta, cereals, all this stuff, within days of cutting that out and understanding sugar and some other things that she had educated me on, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like I was a new person. And then the mental and emotional comes in like, I've been cheated my whole life. I could have been doing this my whole life. So how much grief was associated with realizing you've been living a way that really had impacted and, and blunted your ability to be who you are. Mm -hmm. To be honest, I think I'm still grieving it. I'll Mm. be like very, very honest about it. I think there are days where I'm like, you know, well, even just hearing about your childhood's like, awesome, your mom, like, you know, how your mom and dad did that. Mm -hmm. I was like, I wish I was exposed to no sugar or this Mm. or that, but you can't really do that because would I have been sitting here today on this podcast or have my own podcast if I didn't experience that? Right. You know? Yeah, I think that, I had a really good childhood, mm-hmm. and I talk about that often. And and when I say it to people, a lot of times I feel like sometimes I, I, I shouldn't say it because their childhood wasn't that great. But even though I had a good childhood, I still didn't leave it unscathed. Exactly. There were still things in the environment that my body reacted to that you know caused me to go into a state of protection. Mm-hmm. You know, and I still at my 27 years broke down. Mm-hmm. So it don't matter where you, whether you had a good childhood, a great childhood, a bad childhood. Trauma 
And we can talk about trauma, not just from the neurological or psychological level, but even nutritional trauma, because that's mm-hmm. what that is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Your body has to adapt to all the stimulus, mm-hmm. you know, and if you're constantly putting in things that are um, threat, mm-hmm. that the body deems as threat, mm-hmm. well, now you're using your resources to fight something. So think every every sugary drink. Mm-hmm. Every piece of bread with gluten, if you're gluten intolerant. Yep. Um, whatever, the air you breathe, mm-hmm. the water you drink, mm-hmm. that's resources used. Mm-hmm. But again, so going down that rabbit hole, I was saying all that to say that I find myself, because of the childhood that I have, that I always reach back and try to mentor younger generation mm-hmm. or even my generation. I have done it. And mm-hmm. above. Mm-hmm. You know, so so how has um how has this been moving forward when you start unraveling the onion? Like what's mm-hmm. that process been like mm-hmm. for you? Yeah, I do call it that peeling back the layers. Like a healing journey can really honestly last your entire life and, mm-hmm. and that's just the dedication to personal growth and development one hundred percent. Um, but the layers, yeah, there were they were deep as I started mm-hmm. peeling them. Like the nutrition is a tiny aspect, you know? And so I start uncovering the nutrition layer, 21, 22, 23. I start to understand like exercise, Mm. 24, 25. And then I hit the mental. Yeah. And I literally just did um, a podcast on this about a gut healing journey update for me, like where I'm at in my journey. Mm -hmm. And it was like when you hit that mental, which it sounds like maybe same age we hit that because I hit mine around 26, 27. Mm -hmm. And you start to unravel those stories and, you know, bring up, try to bring up forgiveness and like allow the past to be the past. And Mm -hmm. um, I found myself really anxious. I found myself having trouble even sometimes getting up and being like, okay, just put on clothes today. Mm. Just put clothes on, you know, go do something. Um, And that that was a couple year struggle, actually. Mm. Um, In the midst of it, you know, I'm divorced now, but in the midst of it, I was like in a serious relationship, getting engaged, getting married. So in the the midst of it, you found someone? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting, right? Yeah. Usually you don't. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I always I always think about it like this. Like if you ask a person, because I believe we attract what we are or or what we are trying to complete. 100%. 100%. For ourselves. Yeah. So people want relationships. In your state right now, your state of being, do you feel like you're healthy enough to attract a healthy mate? Are you asking me? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. This is just a general question exactly. that I ask people. So exactly. when you say you're going through those things, mm-hmm. it's like, well, what type of mate can you attract when you're, um, when you're trying to really overcome a lot of Mm-hmm. Uh, upheaval of past mm-hmm. emotional issues. Mm-hmm. So, what type of mate yeah. did you attract? A fixer. Oh, <laughs> right? yeah. Okay. I yeah, it's interesting because you know, just like you said, we evolve into different people. He, at the time, you know, and and he's an incredible person. In case mm-hmm. you know, he listens to this podcast. He's an incredible man. At the time, you know, and and he's eight years older than me. Um, at the time, you know, like. I didn't present that immediately, right? Like nobody ever presents mm. what the depth is immediately. I was a 26-year-old girl, 27-year-old girl. We're just having fun, hanging out. Mm. It starts to develop into something. And like there are people, both men and women, who love saving people. 
Yeah. And so that may have been the dynamic then. Mm-hmm. And when we look at the course of our relationship, which we've had conversations about together as well, post-divorce and everything, it's like once, you know, you can't be saved by someone else, it starts to shift the dynamic of the relationship. And however, we played that dance back and forth. Mm-hmm. But once I saved myself, it was almost like the relationship was complete. And we had decided like the relationship is complete. No love lost, wishing you the best, mm. wishing you the best for the future. But that journey or that lesson is complete and we move forward now. Yes. You know? And and that's a very hard lesson to let go of, to detach and understand that you weren't together mm-hmm. for what you thought you were together for. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so in your journey with the nutritional stuff, you said about gluten and removing things and your, and your eyes open. What are some other things that, that happened along the way that kind of gave you a boost of, wow, like I removed this or I added this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, one of the biggest things that comes to mind when you said that was my journey into yoga. Uh, I could never stop. Like I was a weightlifter and a dancer and a runner. I ran half marathons, marathons, like broke records for myself that I never thought like I could. And I sitting still, are you kidding? I never even stretched. Um, So I dabbled in different classes of yoga and never really felt into it. Um, About five or six years ago, I went into a class with my, my, one of my favorite teachers this to this day. Um, And I left that class and I was like, the mind blown emoji, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) just like, wow, that was life changing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just like that moment I had at the naturopathic doctor a couple days after going gluten free. That was another huge transition. And I was married at the time. And I was like, okay, I'm going to commit to coming to her classes twice a week. And once I started doing that, that had shifted. And it wasn't so much of a peeling back the layer, oh, I have to break down to get better. It was uplifting. Like Mm. every time it was more and more uplifting. And it was almost like at that point in my journey, I was drawn to the joy. Like I couldn't have any more of the bad. I needed all the joy, all the good. So going to her class really helps me just center myself and focus more, be able to slow down. Mm -hmm. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Concentrate. I just became a better person. Honestly, like I just felt like every day I could show up and not care if someone cut me off or not care if someone was taking a long time in a line. It was like it sounds chill. like it sounds like what you achieved during that time frame was some space. One hundred percent between your mind, your thoughts, mm-hmm. the cells, mm-hmm. the tissues of your body. Because when you say I run half marathons and I was go go go, mm-hmm. that sounds pretty anxious. It's all anxious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, sometimes we say, oh, I'm really, you know, worked up, stressed. I'm going to go do a workout. Well, we know that if you're in the fight or flight response and you're helpful. engaged, yeah, mm-hmm. and you go do a high intensity workout or you go run, it may clear your mind in the moment, but it's not actually addressing the root cause. Yeah. Your you nervous know? system. And, and I always tell that to people in terms of they say, well, at least 
working out as a stress reliever, mm-hmm. not if you're already stressed. Right. <laughs> right? Right. Absolutely. You're not going to throw more logs on a fire. Right. If the goal is to put it out. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right? You got to let that simmer. Right. <laughs> so the the yoga gave you some space and slowed you down. That's what happens yeah. the first time I ever got into a float tank. Like by that yes. time, I was probably seven, eight years into my journey. Yeah. And I did floating and I was just like blown away. Mm. Savasha now. The, yeah. The, the corpse pose, just lay there. Just lay there. Present. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people get into things like yoga or the, have you ever heard of the the posture? The, the meditation retreats is mm-hmm. silent, mm-hmm. silent retreats. Yeah, you don't say a word. You don't say anything. Mm-hmm. You eat, I think, vegetarian mm-hmm. and you just meditate all day. Mm-hmm. That sounds claustrophobic to me. It but, does, yeah. <laughs> but I know, I know some people. I had some clients that would go to those those practices, and those practices are starting to become more and more prevalent because we're moving into a world that's more and more stimulus driven. Mm-hmm. And the pandemic, and we talked about this off air. Yeah, it became a virtual float tank. It did. Yeah, because now it made you slow down, simmering in your stew at home. <laughs> How was the pandemic for you? To be honest, great. Yeah. Just like you said, you don't want to say you had a good childhood. I don't want to like offend anybody by saying the pandemic was great for me. But I wanted to shift my business all online. Mm -hmm. It was the journey for me to do it. I was able to provide a lot of space and compassion and help for those that needed it. Mm -hmm. Um, I love being home. I love cooking all my meals at home. I love providing that space I didn't feel like I got before. And so I was in my glory. like You and me both. And and that's, that's, again, I didn't want to say that too because there was a lot of devastation, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And there was people who didn't get to slow down. And I feel deeply for them that Mm -hmm. they didn't have the space and the ability to do that. One one person in particular who I know who's an ambassador for me for years where, you know, she would call me and and she worked for FedEx. She worked for FedEx Mm -hmm. and... They were ramped up because everybody was trying to order stuff. Yeah. Everybody's getting this pandemic money. Everybody's getting unemployment. You yeah. got people ordering all types of stuff, and 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 FedEx is go go go. Mm-hmm. And I can hear it in her voice, mm-hmm. the the anger and the the, the, the frustration where everybody's kind of sitting on their laurels and she's go go go. Yeah. Um. And so those realities existed for both. Where it was that? Mm-hmm. Some people were sped up. Mm-hmm. And some people were really slowed down. Mm-hmm. And some people who were slowed down were in their misery mm-hmm. because the misery is where? Right. In the silence. I, inside of us, <laughs> yeah. right? It's not outside yeah. of us. So, And then when I was slowed down, that was the first time I had a break in 14 years. Mm-hmm. And I was loving it. Mm-hmm. I, me and my mom said yesterday, I said, we need we need three months where we don't have to do anything. But then I had this interesting thought this morning. While I was asleep, you know how you're in those sleepy states? Yep. And you get these really your... good, yep. these really good downloads is what I call it. Mm-hmm. Your life is inside of you. Mm-hmm. You are life itself. Mm-hmm. You've never touched anything in your life. Like mm-hmm. everything that you drank and ate, those are all just chemical reactions happening in your body to give a perception that something is happening, a mm-hmm. feeling. Mm-hmm. So if life itself is inside of you and everything that you have, uh, you experience in your life takes place inside of you, 
I don't need to wait to the external event to happen to be able to slow myself down. Right. Because that's really all I'm asking for. Yeah. That's that's what happened with the pandemic. We got to be slowed down. Well, how do I do that mm-hmm. on my own? Exactly. By reducing stuff and, and, and letting shit go. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you say that because, you know, I do my own sales calls for onboarding clients for myself. And th- the thing I hear the most is about it not being the right time. Mm. Well, I just need to get through this and then mm-hmm. I can start. Or I need to do this and then it will start. But it's always going to be the next thing. So are we going to be on this constant ladder trying to get up somewhere so we feel good enough to start something? Or do we just start and allow ourselves to be imperfect and make the mistakes we need to make along the way? I mean, even just looking back at all the mistakes I made to get to where I am today Mm -hmm. and all the mistakes I will make to get to where I, I want to be in the future, those are the things that shape us. So it's really not so much about like getting that opportunity or the timing. It's about finding it in yourself and and just saying, all right, well, I'm, I have to do this on my on my own. So here we go. Let's let things pull things back, let things go, and give myself that opportunity. You either work through the, the discomfort mm-hmm. willfully, mm-hmm. or <laughs> your ass is getting dragged through. <laughs> or you being drugged. Yeah. And I was yeah. drugged. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And and. So was that how it was for you? Or because it sounds like in your childhood, it sounds like you kind of there was pieces where what, what they there's two terms to it: soft trauma and hard trauma. Mm-hmm. You've heard you've heard of this. Yeah. Soft trauma is you know developmental trauma, mm-hmm. right? Can start at a young age and it's like slowly builds. Mm-hmm. Then you got your your hard trauma or your shock trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, shock trauma is in a car accident. Something one and done, Mm -hmm. right? And a lot of times we have a mixture of both going on. Mm -hmm. But yours sound like more developmental trauma. Mm -hmm. And mine is more developmental too. But then you reach a breaking point Mm -hmm. where you can adapt no more. Right. Was there a specific time where you were like, yo, I cannot keep going like this? Because as you age, it's just like it gets more stressful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there is a specific event. I am definitely open to sharing it. Are you down to hear it? Yeah, sure. Okay. So, uh, you know, the journey unfolds, the journey unfolds, the journey unfolds. And when I got to the place when I was really chronically anxious and couldn't really get out of this, I could I was stuck at this point. I was married. Um, and of course, when we're stuck and your partner is just like, there trying to help you and do what he can or she can to help you. Um, We don't always see it, right? So I just felt like I was breaking out of that child. I was acting childlike. I was breaking Mm. out of it. And and I'm an adult, right? Like I I have a job. I'm an adult. I'm doing, I'm moving through the motions, but I'm barely living. Mm. And coincidentally enough, I have other colleagues that have had a similar experience to this. So I know I'm not alone in this when I say it. That's why I share it. I basically had a mental breakdown and threatened suicide. Mm. And my partner got really scared. Um, He got some professionals involved because he was paralyzed and didn't know what to do. And I ended up in like a mental institution. Wow. Okay. At, well, 32, 33. You know, I'm like, so this is after you've. 
start learning mm-hmm. the, the holistic pattern. Mm-hmm. So as we see, it's not just nope. one thing, right? No, nope. it's gotta you gotta yeah. keep doing uh-huh. the work. I may have been pushing myself a little bit more than I think. I think there's levels of pushing yourself. I was so obsessed and in, involved with the personal development. I wanted mm-hmm. it to go faster. Yeah. And again, I just said this the other day, like you cannot rush this journey. So here I am rushing this journey. I'm putting all this pressure and stress on myself to be who I feel that I can be. And here goes God, the universe, whoever shoves me back down. And and here I am. I spent five days in this institution with people who are very sick, Mm. by the way, like really, really sick. And I'm scared and I don't know what to do. I don't want to eat the food. First of all, the food is terrible, like Mm -hmm. terrible food system. I got my, you know, friends showing up, sneaking me like granola bars Mm. just so I like feel like I'm eating something normal. I'm scared for my door to be shut at night. Like, and that was the most humbling and crippling experience. That was the hard trauma right there for me. Mm. And, you know, eventually, you know, it was only took a couple days for them to realize, okay, like, you know, she doesn't really need the meds. She's, she's okay. She'll be okay. She'll get out of it. But then that, that wasn't, that wasn't the end. The end, the beginning was getting out of there and starting to like, I was like a deer, you know, like a baby doe. I was Mm -hmm. like trying to figure out how to walk again, how to talk again, how to enjoy life again. Mm. And so that was the bottom that from there on, it was, it's just been an amazing, like uphill awesomeness for me. (laughs) Like, (laughs) so let's, let's unpack that a little bit. Sure. When you, First, let's talk about the self-help aspect. Mm-hmm. Did you start believing your own bullshit? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Did you, know? you think that? Well, I read all the preach, self-help books. Preach, but don't books. practice. Yeah, you know, preach, but don't I, practice. I know this stuff. Yeah. There was a woman that I know while I was in the beginning of my journey, she was big into self-help committing suicide. Mm, and yeah. the problem with self-help is that it's really good to help yourself. Mm-hmm. I believe in self-help. I believe in self-care. Mm-hmm. But you can't, and, and it's the same thing with with anything religion and spirituality, right? Mm-hmm. There's tools to everything. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's no amount of reading the books that's going to heal your trauma. No. Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> there's no amount of corrective food eating that's going to heal your trauma. Exactly. On a mental emotional level, there there's it's a piece. Yep. And they're all pieces is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So you believe that mm-hmm. and you kind of crashed. Is that what happened during that time? This just came into my head. I was trying to do it all alone. Okay. So you didn't you didn't work with any practitioners or anything like that? The, on the nutrition aspect. Just that. But not the mental health okay. aspect. Okay. And then, you know, after that whole thing and I came to and, you know, started moving in the right direction, then I had you know, mental health professionals helping me and realizing that this is something that obviously needs to be more normalized because this is not, Mm. I'm not the only one cracking down on this. I should just share my story. And so many people are like, oh, that's me too. I just don't want to say it because it's, I don't want to be abnormal or I don't want to be vulnerable. Mm. I was like, man, you know, everyone's struggling on some level. It's, Mm -hmm. but sharing and growing and together and getting the help you need is the most important piece. You Mm -hmm. cannot, you honestly just can't do it alone. You can't. It's too heavy. 
Yeah. Like set it down and allow someone else to push it with you. You know, I say from the beginning that I needed to be nursed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you if you broke a bone, tore something. Like I tore my Achilles. I say that just about every episode. Everybody should know that my left Achilles has been torn, right? Yeah. I I had to go to a surgeon. Mm-hmm. I had to go to physical therapy. I had to sit in the shower and put a garbage bag on my leg mm-hmm. to wash up and I had to have a seat. Mm-hmm. And somebody always had to open the door for me and all these things, right? Mm-hmm. And that was fine. I needed I needed help. Mm-hmm. I needed to be nursed. The problem is, is we get to a place where we're dependent or we're too independent. Mm -hmm. And what we need and what I allowed myself to be in that time was interdependent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I need you and you need me. But right now, I'm not as helpful to you. Yeah. But I still can provide something, you know. Exactly. Um, But many of us fall into these traps. Yeah. Yeah. It's something. Yeah. It was like, it's easy to accept the help for physical. It's not as easy yeah. to accept the help for mental. Right. Because, like, I broke my foot. It's so obvious. Mm-hmm. I need help. But, like, my brain feels broken. It's not as obvious, like, to find the help, to ask for the help. And, mm-hmm. and it's incredibly, people feel like it's embarrassing. I felt embarrassed mm-hmm. being in my early 30s. And this is, like, my reality. And I come out basically out of behind bars. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, how do I even do life now, you know? So a different part of that unpacking was that did you when you went to that facility did it did you look at the other people in there and you say I'm not there. Mhm. Mhm. I may be somewhere, mm-hmm. but I'm not there. Yeah. Yeah. It made me think that there needs to be a facility for somewhere in between. You mean like Inception? I, I just, <laughs> where did you think I was going with that? <laughs> Can we check in for a weekend? Can we put some beds in there? <laughs> Yo, we got Serve hotel. We got food. people. We got people flying in from out of state, and they're going. Oh, to, that hotels right there too. In the hotel, there's three or four hotels up the street. What you? That's so powerful. Mm-hmm. I was there. Mm-hmm. I wasn't schizophrenic. I wasn't, you know, to that degree. I need mm-hmm. a, a jacket. I need medication. Mm-hmm. I needed the the in between, mm-hmm. and Inception can be the beginning mm-hmm. where you just, hey, I'm great. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I don't meet many people like that, mm-hmm. <laughs> not in this culture, right? But the the I'm at my wits end. I tried everything, mm-hmm. and oh, I'm just trying to improve. Mm-hmm. But the ones who are like severely broken down, we we I've had times where I, you, you got to go. Get stabilized yep, first. before you can come to something like this, because mm-hmm. you're you're hearing voices and things of that nature, which is basically to me again mm-hmm. is, yo, you you've experienced an extreme amount of trauma, mm-hmm. and probably in a short period of time frame or long period, mm-hmm. and coming to inception is not right for you just yet because mm-hmm. when that stuff when you open Pandora's box when mm-hmm. you start doing the mental emotional work, right, you can go too fast. You can go too fast. I went too fast. I pushed myself too fast. But, you know, well, I guess I wish I knew. I wish I knew Inception existed then. Um, But, yes, coming out, it was like trying to figure out, okay, how can I get the help I need that's that's somewhere in between not addressing it and then ending up in a facility where people Mm -hmm. are really sick and need medication? Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so that's when we start to seek out things. Um, I right. think of the mental aspect, like yoga community. Mm -hmm. um, I did, you know, some Reiki work, okay. uh, cranial sacral massage. Mm. Um, but the biggest thing was taking care of myself, like waking up and saying, what does my mental health need today? Yes. What can I do? What it's almost like a, a new recipe. Like, what can I add to this? What can I take away that is going to make me feel the best I can possibly feel today? Listening, listening to yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I used to think that listening and listening to yourself that yeah. sounds so esoteric, right? Like, your body literally, like, if it, if I just, it just I got a chill in here. Yeah. Listening, listening, right? That's a response. What did my body just say? Oh. There's a change. Mm -hmm. and, and we get those little hints and changes all the time. And yeah. you even get those hints and changes from a psychological, mental, emotional your consciousness. Like, mm -hmm. let's say, uh, this morning, mm -hmm. myself was talking to myself. Right. <laughs> saying, hey, no, David, again, don't fall to the trap and wait for it. Like you mentioned earlier. Right. Don't wait for the event for, oh, the pandemic slowed you down. Now you got right. this. No. You got to start cutting stuff off. Now. And out. Now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, as as I started to do that, you know, you cut relationships. Mm. Um, and it's sad to see them go, but really, and it's it's not selfish to serve yourself in the highest good. Like if someone is dragging you down or I call them energy vampires, mm -hmm. um, it's it just it has to be that way. Um, you you readjust relationships, you readjust how you go about in the day. That that is the most important. And and I talk about this to every single one of my clients and on my podcast all the time. Become in tune with your body. Hmm. You're your own North Star. Mm -hmm. You don't need, you know, and let me make sure I decipher between you don't have to do it alone, but also your body is your best guide. Listening to your body, but also allowing someone to help you is is important. You don't have to do it all by yourself. But become so in tune with your body that when you do get to a place where you feel good, you know exactly what you need when. Yeah. Yeah. I started backing up from working with a lot of practitioners uh, probably within the last few years, not because, oh, I'm my own guru, mm -hmm. but I, I, I am my North Star. You got it. And I, I know what I need when I need it, mm -hmm. you know, versus running. Hey, hey, I need you. And then early on, you do a lot of that. Mm -hmm. You do a lot of running to the, the masters. Yeah, searching for answers outside. Searching for answers outside until mm -hmm. you can get to the place where you, you're like a kid. You know, a kid when you're growing up. And and it, eventually me and my mom had this conversation too about she always says you have to find your mother and father inside of you. Regardless if you were parented or not, mm -hmm. eventually you have to find that. And even with parents, I had to find that for myself. Mm -hmm. And what we're talking about is parenting yourself. Right. Yeah. Reparenting. Reparenting. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Reparenting yourself. Yeah. So... Let's talk about, um, obviously, you went down a natural road, but at some point, you went to the traditional me medical establishment, right? Yeah. Well, I went to a ton of traditional medical establishments uh, early on in, in, you know, like late teens, you know, middle teens, late teens. Even through my, my journey into natural medicine, mm -hmm. I was still like... Just trying to figure out, like, getting... I had three colonoscopies by the time I was 21, which wow. is, like, really unheard of. 
Um, you know, MRIs, you know, mm-hmm. drink the dye, take this I've drank test. drank the dye before. Yeah, drink the dye. I'm, I think I'm still struggling from that now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all these tests and, you know, bounce around from doctor to doctor. No one can really figure it out. At some point, someone will always say it's in your head and you want to like punch them <laughs> or kick mm-hmm. them because you're like, no, it's really not. It's in my body, mm-hmm. but you can't figure it out. Um, and that is searching for answers outside. The biggest thing I do with my clients is to get them to really get in tune with the body to find the answers inside. Because at the end of the day, what are they even going to tell me? They're going to give me a blanket diagnosis, maybe. Right. And then I'm going to hang on to that diagnosis like it's my job to, you know, like, of course, like at some point I was diagnosed with IBS. So now it's like everything I do is I have IBS. I have That's IBS. That's the filter. Now I am, I am conditioning myself to believe mm. that I have this, yeah. but I don't have it anymore. And maybe yeah. I never even had it. Yeah. That's, that's a, big, um, a big thing our culture doesn't understand. Same thing. I would see clients. I have ADD. I have ADHD. Mm-hmm. You have it. Mm-hmm. Where is it? Yeah. Can I talk to it? Yeah. Like this possession and ownership of yeah. it. I have it. I have it. Yeah. You're maybe experiencing those symptoms, symptoms. but you don't have something that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, were you born with that? Yeah. Did it come along, tag along with right. you? And I think those those things matter, don't you believe? 100%. The mindset around what your story is, is 10 times more important than what the actual diagnosis or, you know, answer that you get is like, okay, at some point I grasped onto the fact that I had IBS and chronic anxiety. Mm. And I rode with that for so long in my journey. Right. At some point I had the insight to really shift that story and let it go. And that's Mm. when the real healing began because I didn't identify with that story anymore. It's gone. Like that's not who I am. Who I am is I'm Italian. I grew up in Michigan. Like those things are the things that are really true about me and define me. Right. I'm letting go of those stories that don't define me anymore and aren't even mine to carry, you know? Yeah. It's, it's biology of belief. Mm-hmm. You know, the more you hold on to that story, that's just, it, don't, it doesn't matter what you do in terms of um, alternative modalities or whatever. And I've experienced this with certain clients mm-hmm. where they literally are getting better. Everybody around them are saying, you're doing this different, you're doing that different. Mm-hmm. But they still are saying, but, but I don't, I feel stuck. Because you are stuck still. Mm-hmm. And that's where the psychological aspect comes in. And mm-hmm. I think that's where talk therapy, um, and there's other modalities within talk therapy. I've done like EMDR. I've done somatic experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, those things are very helpful. Where it's connecting mind, body, and, and, and discharging a lot of that residual in, energy that's still wrapped up in the nervous system, you know, versus um, just talk base. Right. It's like, okay, you're going to talk and re-traumatize mm-hmm. yourself if you're not using the right tools to get that energy to dissipate at the same time. Yeah. Or exactly. to, um, you done any hypnotherapy before? I have not. Well, isn't some of the stuff at in- Inception partial mm-hmm. hypnotherapy? Uh, floating. Okay. I floating. Did, I have floated. I didn't float at yours because I, I chose to do the lymphatic 
body suit okay, thing. Yeah, I was you like, did. that looks dope. I yeah. got to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have don't have a lot of experience with it. What about like, um, so you did some uh, craniosacral. I've done a craniosacral. Mm-hmm. Any somatic uh, body experiencing type of work or somatic release type of work? No, I, that that is so interesting to me. I saw some videos that you did. I was oh, like, just trauma release. Can you sign me up for that? Yeah, okay. I, I want to do that next time. <laughs> like okay, if we'll you're having you a little that. seminar with that, I'm down for it. Do- yeah. yeah, get you into that, and then there's another woman here. It's a powerful woman, man. She's helped me traumatic. I'm not traumatic, dramatic, dramatically. dramatically. Yeah, yeah. Not <laughs> dramatically, but dramatically. Yeah. Um, in my in my journey, where you know, I was still had, I I used to have this constant state of nausea. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and this is after years of everything that I do, mm-hmm. and I'm still having it. Mm-hmm. And I remember I went to a chiropractor, um, mm-hmm. one of my buddies, who's a really good chiropractor. Um, he said, man, you need to go do some visceral therapy work. Mm-hmm. I said, what's visceral therapy work? <laughs> visceral manipulation. Mm-hmm. Your organs have actual space mm-hmm. between them, what it's supposed to. It's supposed to. But, you know, if you think, yeah. we talked about stress, right? So if you're stressed and it, it affects your gut. Mm-hmm. If it's affecting your gut on a biological level, is it affecting your gut on a neurophysiological level? Are you tensing your muscles? Well, I have abs, yeah. and I've always been able to see my abs because yeah. I've always <laughs> contracted yeah. my stomach. Yeah. So if you think about me constantly contracting my stomach, and you know what I noticed too? Wearing belts mm-hmm. as a man. Your belt is so squeezing. Tight. Yeah. It's like having a wallet in your back well, pocket. Well, try high-waisted too. pants, David. <laughs> so we think about, and we're going to take this down the road further and talk about some other things. Yeah. If you think about everything that we've put on our bodies, our bodies is adapting to. Yep. So my body adapted to my belt, tight. Body adapted to the other external, you know, things in the environment, mental, emotional, tight. Mm-hmm. So now when I go to this visceral therapy uh, worker, um, who actually do, who actually does somatic releasing too? Oh man, I had so much emotion like down in my like ileocecal valve and the valve of Houston. I remember I was on a table just bawling. Mm-hmm. It probably felt amazing though. Yeah, such a release. Yeah, because now you have that energy mm-hmm. to use in other ways. Right, you made space for something new. Right. So let's let's talk about that in terms of the body adapting because I know you're now talking about. Um, toxicity mm-hmm. what we put on our body what have you started to learn from that and how yeah. those like from a woman's perspective what you put in your body oh my gosh i was just thinking about this well you know i mean on any given day we could a woman can put like 50 to 100 things i heard it was 160 uh, yeah <laughs> 160 things from the shampoo to the eyelashes stuff to the you know lotion to the nail polish everything we're putting on and you know our skin is our largest organ Mm -hmm. and our lymphatic system needs to be able to drain toxins right but it's just like you know it's like an airport on a sunny day everyone comes in they get on their flight and boom there the airplane takes off it's just flow on a snowy day, everyone comes into the airport, but no one's taking off. So it's just congested. Mm-hmm. And when we put all of that stuff onto our body, when, we, when we're when we covering ourselves in toxic products, we're just, you know, pushing our organs beyond the limits that they can handle our lymphatic system, our mm-hmm. liver that's responsible for, you know, phase two detoxification, where we get to a point where our body can't handle it anymore. So, of course, mm-hmm. it's going to start 
recycling toxicity in the body and we can't exude it. So starting with products was my first intro, intro, like home cleaning products and what I was putting like my lotion and my makeup. this This is before the nutrition? No, this is after the nutrition. Okay. It was all, yeah, I was kind of like learning a lot. That one naturopathic doctor who's retired now, I love her so much. She's local? She is. She was in West Bloomfield, Dr. Ellen Kahn, for anyone who has ever Ellen seen Ellen Kahn. You know her? Absolutely. I oh know my God. Ellen. So, like, so basically from 20 years old until now, wow. I've been seeing her. She just retired, I think, a year or she two ago. She came to my place 2014. Very, very very powerful woman very very good woman like she she was helping me that's when i tore my achilles and Mm. i was i was experiencing like a histamine type of response and she was she was telling me oh that's just a histamine because i was tripping out like what's these what's these bumps on my body like what's going on yeah so yeah ellen Kahn. she taught me almost everything i know she was out in ann arbor um for 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 a a while and then west bloomfield not too far from your place okay so i know you know her i think her daughter ended up having a second child and she just Mm. you know she wanted to be grandma so she's she's she retired although she was always a constant resource and i reference her a lot because she Mm -hmm. she you know i saw her for 15 plus years and she like every couple times a year okay i would just check in with her Mm -hmm. she was my supplement guru what i needed to do for my health you know if i wasn't feeling good and she, you know, it was like an uncovering. First, it's about diet, and then she's like, "Well, what are you using at home on your products and this mm. and that?" And it was like, you know, everything from a candle to your cleaner to what you put your right. coffee in in the morning or this kind of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. everything. It was like a detox of the mind, body, and soul. And you know, our country, they have not updated the the sort of ban on chemicals in Mm. years, like Mm. decades of years. And, you know, in Europe, there's like 1,300 products that are banned from being in, like, let's say you bought an eye cream, the same Mm. eye cream, like whatever brand eye cream in in Europe, and you buy the same brand here, there could be an influx from 50 to 100 extra ingredients in the one in America because they're not banned here yet. Wow. And so people are lobbying to get this out. And so the stuff that they're putting on it doesn't make the product better. Not was it was it just preserving the product? Is it more preservative? Yeah, I mean, I I guess preserving ourselves. <laughs> you know, like what are we experiencing from the product? It may make the product better, but it's not making the body better, which ultimately right. doesn't make the product. So better. when you when you had to when you went down that that path and she was showing you these things, how hard was it to begin to reduce? Yeah, or take things out. Well, as a woman, it's it's really hard because. Uh, Remember we talked about in the beginning of the podcast, this, you know, age, this sort of ageism on women. And it's like, okay, well, everything is anti-aging, you know, like, uh, you know, majority of the people I know around my age are already getting, you know, tons of Botox, plastic surgery, all this stuff. So that's not anti-aging at all. It's not anti-aging at all. It's actually causing more problems in your aging. Yeah. And so, you know, I haven't, you know, really dabbled in a lot of that. I'm going to get to my point about plastic surgery here in a moment, mm. but women were so were so trained to focus on continuing to look as young as we possibly can that we're not even thinking about what about living as long as we possibly can, yeah. you know? So in the efforts to cleanse my body and, and go through the layers, it went through everything from my hair products to my makeup to the, the cleaning products, each thing. 
And then to this year where I started to research a lot about breast implant illness. Mm -hmm. Um, I have had breast implants for 11 years. I never even knew that it was a thing that it could be a problem until somebody invited me into a breast implant illness Facebook group. And I've literally never seen a Facebook group with as many people, 50 plus thousand people, women Women in America. Who all have breast implants. all have breast implants. Are they showing, are people showing the removal of it and what's behind? Everything is going on in that group. Like everything. People are talking about their symptoms. I was like, I have that symptom. I have that symptom. I have that. People, and and I've had my own infertility journey, but people would say like they couldn't get pregnant. They got them out. They could get pregnant. They had chronic Mm. pain. They got them out. No more pain. Cystic acne. Got them out. And it's like crazy. And and, and being on this journey, I've been doing this for for so long. It's so common sense. It's common sense. It's a foreign object it's in your not, body. It's not rocket science. And yeah. we're running to get now with the the butt implant thing. Like <laughs> what as a woman, when did you feel like you weren't worthy enough and that you needed something more to feel better about yourself? It, uh <laughs> I'll be honest, I didn't really feel worthy until like two years ago. Hmm. Like my whole life, you know whatever it was that I felt was it's always a battle of worthiness. And Mm. I'm sure there are a lot of women who are like shaking their heads and agreeing. If they're listening to this right now, you could even be the most secure woman. And sometimes something can trip you up. And a lot of it is media and society. And now social media, I couldn't Mm. even imagine being a 15 year old right now. Are you kidding me? I hadn't, we had no The suicide rates are like ridiculous for young, for Mm -hmm. young women Mm -hmm. because of these images that Mm -hmm. they have to try to uphold. Mm -hmm. And and I remember in the early 90s when the implants became a thing. Mm -hmm. Do you also remember when they got recalled? I do remember that. But let me say it too. Culturally, from a black perspective, Mm -hmm. implants were not big for black women. Right. But now, yeah, you just made me think about that. But yeah, it wasn't big for black big women. Thing. That yeah. was a that was a real white woman thing, right? And and but then it, then not plastic surgery in general, right? Like seeing Michael Jackson have plastic surgery, yeah. And then too, I don't know why a lot of people want plastic surgery when you look like a cat, right? Like the, the cat syndrome. <laughs> the cat is a nice thing, but yeah. little, little Kim started down that path, mm, and then yeah. you start to look at these people, and you like. You would have graced, you would have aged gracefully mm-hmm. and you would have looked good just by being you. Mm-hmm. But now you look disfigured mm-hmm. and not just look, mm-hmm. right? Let's take look, look out. We're not even talking about how they're doing internally. Yeah. What's going on with the kidneys and the liver trying mm-hmm. to process the Botox or the fillers or, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see, I feel the most comfortable and the most healthy I've ever felt in my body. I can't even imagine what I'm going to feel like when yeah. I have this foreign object out. I, and and the number one statement from all these women, like um, there's celebrities too that are going on the record, mm-hmm. taking their implants out, talking about it. The number one statement is, I feel like I'm finally in my own skin. Well, you yeah. are. Yeah. You would exactly. be, right? It's not. Yeah. What about the, the butt implants? Is that just as detrimental? I mean, yeah. something foreign. I yeah. mean. But some people are doing the fat, the fat transfers. Fat transfer, I can yeah. understand that. That's you, but it still may be, I don't know, Yeah. some drawbacks to that. Yeah, I, I think, well, the fat transfer isn't having as much of a problem. I think it's your um, immune system 
trying to catch the fact of that there's a foreign object in your body and then creating chronic inflammation mm. in an effort to save you because that's what the body does. That's what the immune yeah. system does. It creates inflammation to save you. So you cut your arm and then you get a scab. That's inflammation. It turns red. It's inflammation. It heals. Inflammation mm. goes away. But if I have this implant in me, in my lymphatic system, by my heart, of course, and it's like, wait, this foreign object isn't going away. I can't, I can't fix her. It's just going to keep pumping that inflammation out. And many of the surgeries are showing as they're taking them out, just like, excuse me, um, you know, pounds of um, scar, tissue. scar tissue. Thank mm. you. Yeah, just scar tissue built up and in, encapsulated where they have to cut around the implant yeah, of all yeah. the scar tissue. So you, you, you know, because I've done, have you ever heard of gouaching? Yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah, gouaching is yeah. like, you know, you, you, just on my shoulders, just from raising my arms right. or lifting weights or shooting a jump shot, yeah. that's wear and tear. Mm-hmm. So if you have some foreign objects in your body, mm-hmm. and like you said, the body stays in that state of uh, proliferation, mm-hmm. constantly trying to adapt and adapt and adapt, mm-hmm. adapt, adapt. And you're blocking your lymphatic channels. Mm-hmm. You're congested. You're congested. I'm congested. I'm excited to see what happens that, after. <laughs> I'm excited for you. I yeah. would really love to know how you feel yeah. and what that does for you clarity-wise. Yeah. Um, when I started doing lymphatic work, mm-hmm. and we did a podcast with Dr. Perry of Lymphatic Mojo, like he's he specialized in, in lymphatics. And when I started doing that lymphatic work, I had to go and look up like the connection between lymphatics and like the spirit and soul because mm-hmm. I felt so connected. Mm-hmm. It's because I wasn't being re uh, toxicity, re, mm-hmm. you know, to myself. Mm-hmm. That is actually clearing and purifying. Yeah. yeah, they weren't cycling back in. Right. It's the same thing with your your colon. You, and I heard you said you got colonoscopy. Well, I've had colon hydrocolon therapy mm-hmm. quite a few times, and a lot of people don't know. Like, look, you got to cleanse. Clean it out. You got to cleanse all the organs. Yeah. Because even mentally, emotionally, it gets blocked up in the the fluids in the body 100 percent. you know yeah. especially again backed up yeah. what lymphatics yeah and you know we're detoxing every day all day naturally mm-hmm. like our body is detoxing but it again it's a space if you don't have the space to do it right. if, you, if you don't have the room to allow the detoxification to happen that's where disease breeds because the mm-hmm. inflammation turns to bacteria bacteria breeds to you know uh disease and so on and so forth so doing, you know, a, a cleanse a couple times a year or really getting in tune with your nutrition or spending a weekend at inception, these things, they cleanse your organs, they elongate your life, they improve your clarity. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that's how you get through the cycle. Yeah. Of not cycling them back in. I mean, you can, it's a whole group of 50,000 women talking about removing their, 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 their breast implants and mm-hmm. probably other body parts Well as well right mm-hmm. i see men men are starting to get calf implants yeah. and, and, and you know where do we go in terms of of how we perceive ourselves and view ourselves mm-hmm. it's like we're, we're just really unhappy yes and and looking at the social media aspect specifically with women the likes mm-hmm. and the constant like the vanity Mm-hmm. We're we're like insane. Mm-hmm. I call it the um, the vanity, the insanity of vanity, insanity of vanity, and the stuff too, right? Yeah, like, stuff. what am I wearing? Yeah, you know, what do I have? What am I driving? These kind of things that aren't really filling your soul. 
mm. to be happy. You know, it's like, you know, it, it used to be like, oh, I have to look this way. I have to do this this way, whatever. I, I think I care the least like now and I'm the happiest. I have the least amount of stuff. I I feel like I upkeep with um, the least amount of upkeep with all the keeping up with the Joneses, like beauty right. stuff. And I'm the happiest I've ever been. And and I'm the same. Yeah. I feel that same way. You know, and you look for other people who live from that place because mm-hmm. it's easier to connect to understand that, you know, I, I read these these memes about, well, he should take you on a date and spend this amount of money. I'm like, do you know the the time I've had with people? I've had I've talked to one person I went out with. We talked for like five hours mm-hmm. straight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just sitting at a restaurant, we probably spent $30. Right, exactly. It's about the time. So this idea that of you're trying to pay for a connection. Mm-hmm. I like that. You're trying to pay for a connection. Yeah, because Yourself if I take you because you because you, you, you're trying to get a arousal out of you. Mm-hmm. So if I can get you to associate goodness mm-hmm. by taking you on these trips. Mm-hmm. So you're associated with the external things. Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with me as a person. Right. You think I'm a good person because I've taken you to these places and you like me because I've done all these extracurricular activities, mm-hmm. but you don't know me as a person. You don't know my character. You don't know my my integrity. Right. You don't know my values. Mm-hmm. And the only way you get to see that is by seeing the person in action mm-hmm. over a period of time frame. Absolutely. You don't get to see that just because you want to rush it by, again, doing all the extra things that you think is going to get you there faster. Right. It's all the same theme we talked about, like rushing your journey, rushing your healing, rushing these relationships instead of like truly sitting in what you need, what that person needs and, and not just romantic relationships, but partnerships, colleagues, friendships all around, you know, just really getting to that place. Me and my mom had this conversation yesterday. I've been, me and my mom really been talking. Has we, your mom been on the podcast? She's she's coming on next. Oh my so, God, I love that. So we had this conversation yesterday about how when we felt like we needed to speed ourselves up mm-hmm. to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. One, one thing in particular, she was talking about somebody who's a marathon runner mm-hmm. who said that, or a cyclist, and they would, they train really hard for six months and they, they crammed to try to train really hard, mm-hmm. and then they were down for like a year. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to sharpen the saw. That's one of the seven habits of highly effective people. Take mm-hmm. time off, sharpen the saw. But when we try to move at a pace that's outside of the pace of life, yeah, the seasons move for a reason. Yep. And when we try to do that, and there's one person in particular I know who's, who's, who's probably watching. This is a message. Mm-hmm. You can try to speed it up all you want. Mm-hmm. It won't go the way that you want it to go. Mm-mm. And what you find that yourself, you find up, end up happening is that you cause yourself way more damaged by trying to move so fast mm-hmm. versus just having awareness mm-hmm. and taking things as they, as they come along. Yeah. Interesting. Trusting who? Yourself. But you can't trust yourself mm-hmm. if you're not in tune with yourself, right? Exactly. And yeah. the thing that blocks us from being in tune with ourselves could literally be the implants you put into your body. Right. Mm-hmm. Can be the makeup you put on your lips. Mm-hmm. The choices of food you make in a day. 
the relationships you have in your life too. That those are all stimulus around us that's causing us to respond, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and moving the interference out of the way. Mm-hmm. And you can see the life come back. You, did you see the life come back into your eyes specific yeah. times? And did you were you like, wow? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I see. I see glimpses of that. And then that all, almost makes me think. And I don't want to talk conspiracy. It's just like, wow, like our society is living this big facade. Yep. We don't even know what it's like to be human. Totally. Agreed. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I start seeing that for myself when I start, again, keep going along the journey of doing the work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And what I feel like you're saying here is something that I've experienced too. Um, as the journey unfolds and we start to connect with self, like my intuition is so strong. My clarity is so strong. Mm. Like I, I can already know, I don't have to touch the pan to know it's hot. Like I can feel the heat from over here. Mm. Actually, before even looking at the pan, I'm like, Oh, there's a hot pan around the corner. Right. You know, your intuition and your, your guidance gets so strong when you're on this level. Yeah. I walk through the mall and I have to go around the perfume women. Same. Because literally if they they spray or just all of that in one area is is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And people say, well, you're very sensitive. Y- yes. Sensitive, in the, not in the way you think. I'm attuned and aware that something's not helpful for me. That's right. harmful for me. So my system is very aware. Stay away from that. Yeah. Versus when you when you live in an environment, you ever saw somebody, you ever, like in your home, you ever heard the fire detector go off? Like it, they, they need to change the battery. Mm-hmm. It's cheap. Oh that, my that, God, that, that drives me nuts. Some people you'll go into the home and you'll say, you know, you're, um, you need to change your battery on your, your fire, your alarm. Oh, really? They, they've been in it so long that they've normalized it. And this is how we are in terms of growing up in the hood. Mm-hmm. Like we've normalized hearing gunshots. We've normalized, you know, not being safe. Yep. And so when we even like see it, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that's normal. It's normal. Yep. Baylor Shopping Center had metal detectors. They did. Yeah. Yeah. That that lets me know I'm not I'm not safe going to the movies. Yeah, exactly. Right, we've normalized. Mm-hmm. We've normalized it and and that's why your system like when you eat something, you should feel that now mm-hmm. that my body's like this mm-hmm. is not good. And I think a lot of people do feel that, you know, like the next day people will have, you know, bathroom issues or they won't mm. feel that good but they don't recognize it and remedy it they just are like whatever it's fine i can keep moving so like i'll ask people like does do you feel ang- anxious the next day after you drink and they're like huh i don't know I'm like we'll figure like mm. find out next time after you drink make the connection and then it's like an unraveling from there oh i did feel anxious no wonder mm. i felt that way you know right what's the connection here or you know you ate if i'm trying to help people figure out what um food intolerance they have like oh yeah i i had dairy and my stomach was upset okay well what do you think that means like you know let's try to unpack that a little right. bit more and see what you need to do to to know this stuff about your body I'm the same way with like the cologne and the perfume. Mm. Someone rolls up and I'm like, oh, this is not going to work. Like yeah. I, I can't be around this right I, now. I had to throw my stuff away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
You know, that whole, I, I love a man with good cologne. Sorry, it ain't me. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it ain't me. Yeah. I'm like, what are you wearing? And then they tell me, I'm like, great, throw it out. <laughs> because my my ability to solve math problems and have memory and be clear mm-hmm. is more important to me than having something on my body that's really toxic. Right. It doesn't, Absolutely. It, the, the benefits don't outweigh, you know, yeah. the other benefits that I have, right. which is by, you know, um, consciousness. <laughs> yeah. Well, and to 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 this point too, with the products and stuff, people, there's a lot of people who won't realize this. This was happening to me. Like I would always be like, oh, I have seasonal allergies. My eyes are itchy. My nose is stuffy. Mm. My throat is sore. Get rid of those products and watch this stuff go away. Yeah. I don't have seasonal allergies. Same. Yeah. No, your system is overwhelmed. Yeah. So, and and with you work with a lot of women. Or you work, work with a lot of men too? I work with majority of women. It's kind of mm-hmm. just where like my branding went, mm-hmm. um, you know, helping women with digestive issues and anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, kind of came from what was going on with me. But I have male clients okay. and, you know, the the main common theme is that these people have been bounced around, can't really figure it out and they're ready for the next level. They're ready for something bigger than them that they, they need to get he- like into a healing journey. Yeah. You know, and 99.9% of the time they don't realize how mental it is. So we work a lot. We work on diet, but we work a lot on the mental. Yeah. Yeah. For men, I find that um, one, if you if you haven't known that our testosterone has been dipping year after year after year mm-hmm. for the last like 50 years. I can I can imagine that for sure. Hormonally. And that, and that goes into this conversation about the toxicity. 100%. There is a um, there is a. uh. An article, not just article, but also uh, like video from the news, and I'm gonna read it too. Mm. Which is this is the article, and this came out in 2017. Mm. Male fish mutating into females because of waste chemicals. Yeah. This is this is something that that was being pumped into the lake. Yeah. You know the the plastics. Mm-hmm. Which is synthetic estrogen, mm-hmm. um, pharmaceutical drugs. EPA, yeah, I don't drink out of plastic bottles. Right, that is throwing us off hormonally. Mm-hmm. And then we look at our relationships. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and if that's what it's doing for the male fish, <laughs> it didn't say what it was doing for right. the female fish, right? right? Exactly. That already has estrogen and probably has too much of the synthetic estrogen now what does that do for you right exactly Uh, yeah i mean estrogen dominance is is a huge you know under talked about epidemic for sure i mean it Mm. causes infertility it calls causes issues with the male organs um it's causing you know people to feel you know out of touch with their emotions point blank where they're you know feeling like they can't get a handle on their mental aspect because they're just not, they're simply not detoxing estrogen out of the body fast enough. For women, it's more obvious, right? Like PCOS, infertility, mm. problem, you know, um, uterine cancer, uh, fibroids, like that stuff shows up and it's obvious and there are fixes for it. And a lot of it does result in taking these chemicals out of your body and then having a fix for it. But for men, it ha- it's just coming to the forefront and we it's not as obvious. But, you know, how is it showing up for us now? Like that, that is 
like why isn't that article about humans too you know like mm. and where what is the waste the waste is us washing these chemicals off of our body and going into the sewage and right. going into the ocean so it's already been on your body or washing it washing them onto our bodies exactly <laughs> into the skin into the skin yeah. you yeah. know as much as i've changed my drinking water i, I still haven't i've that's the next step is changing something in the, the household where it was coming out of the the faucet. Shower. I mean, I have a I have a filter on it, but that only does so much. It does. Like you got to look at all the contaminants in the water. Mm-hmm. You know, chlorine, chloramide, mm-hmm. all these different factors in it, mm-hmm. and it's onto you. Like we said, your mm-hmm. organs, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I did want to ask you before we we, we end is, uh, mm-hmm. what do you think about yoni steaming? <laughs> That's a good question. I I've actually done it once. Mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't um, dug into it a ton, but what I do know about it and what I kind of experienced mm-hmm. was, you know, a cleansing of sorts for your body is always very important. And this is just another way for you to cleanse something that's very valuable for, right. a, for a woman, for sure. Um, and especially like in between partners or mm. when you're needing a refresh. Um, or something like that. I think I think it's great. I just haven't personally like gotten into it as much, and I've heard it's very beneficial for mm. people experiencing infertility mm. issues with you know some of the stuff I talked about, this estrogen dominance and stuff to kind of cleanse the organs. Mm-hmm. So I'm all about it. Okay. Yeah, I'm just wondering. I mean, things things are starting to um, you know that's something that's starting to become popular, mm-hmm. and and you know as things get popular, we like to gravitate to one thing mm-hmm. so you go do the yoni staming but you put toxic chemicals you you write yeah. back mm-hmm. well it's like doing a diet 30-day diet and then on day 31 right you, you go binge yeah right <laughs> you know yeah it's it's about consistency and, and starting to remove everything mm-hmm. so give us give us leave us with some some tips yeah. some easy things that we can do that won't overwhelm us okay to help us with our guts and mm-hmm. just overall All right, so we'll do a body, mind, soul drop here, okay? Okay. So body, obviously for the gut, we're going to talk about food. Um, Exploring what toxic triggers, understanding what toxic triggers are, you know, triggering these these health problems in you. So getting introduced to something like an elimination protocol or getting a food sensitivity test or just journaling and understanding so we know what the bad is Mm -hmm. and then crowding the bad out with the good you know some people will say like oh i don't know how you did i could never give up bread and i was like i got my life back after i gave up bread so really knowing what triggers you for the body Um, for the mind it is so important to really be able to get to the place where you can sit in the silence and and address what needs to go on so I feel like I want to go back to, you know, what I talked about earlier, like get the help you need, whether it is, you know, talk therapy or going to inception or getting your yoni steamed, whatever it is, these these health practices, meditation, breath work, whatever works for you, find something and then consistently stay with it day after day after day so you can get to a healthy place. And then as far as soul work goes, Um, you know, not rushing the process and giving yourself the forgiveness and the space that you need to get to where you need to be in this journey. Just, just give it time and space, trust yourself to get there. And if you can kind of get yourself geared up in these, this like three-legged stool, if you want to say like of body, mind, and soul, ultimately like 
it just happens naturally. You find joy, you feel better, and you definitely get in tune with your body enough to to feel clear, you know? Inner space for the masses. 100%. Till next time, guys. Yeah. Peace out. Thank you. La, 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 You've been la, listening la, to the la, Inner Wealth Podcast la, on EYL. La, la, la. Get out the matrix Theme song produced by Be Ready for West Coast Creations. I am Razcast, reminding you to take action, be proactive, be congruent, get out of the matrix, get your mind right. We've automated mental health at inception. Join the movement. Inner wealth podcast. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.